Hello and thank you for listening to this week's edition of the Virginia Headwater Council's podcast. This podcast is an attempt to have a discussion about what is going on in local scouting. Don't forget to stick around to the end to hear about upcoming events in this coming month. Thank you and enjoy. Hello and welcome back. My name is Joshua Calderon. I am the district executive in the Mass Nutton District in the wonderful Virginia Headwaters Council. And uh, I'm here today with a relatively new hire. Gary, when did you come on? Uh, I started in the middle of November. Middle of November. Okay, and if, uh, if not many people may know you, so can you give me your last name? It's Kellenberger, right? Yeah, Kellenberger. Okay, mm-hmm. so Gary Kellenberger is with us, the new district executive for uh, the Monticello District here in Virginia Headwaters yes, Council. Um Gary, like myself, actually has some uh, some ties back to this council, correct, Gary? Yeah, so I actually uh, eagled out of this council a number of years ago. So I, I went a little bit through my Cub Scouting career in uh, the Mighty Monticello District and eagled out as well. So it's, it's nice to be back and actually working with the, the district. Right. Um, and I think that brings a different perspective to it, right? I mean, you, you're from the area. Um, you you went in, in the district that you're in, so it gives you a little bit of a tie, personal uh, touch to it, I guess. Yeah. Um, so what's it like being back so far? Are you excited to be back in scouting? And um, I am, actually. Um, I had been wanting to get back into scouting for a while, um, unfortunately due to some you know time constraints, due to um, some schooling stuff. I wasn't able to do that, but... Um, I was able to get back into it through uh, volunteering with the Apple Harvest Campery through the Monticello District. And, um, you know, I got an email one day that they were looking for, for people in, you know, for the Monticello District. And I was like, this is a great opportunity to get back into, into scouting. I, I enjoyed it when I was in it. And, uh, you know, I, I'd always wanted to find a way back into it, but it, I'd never found the right opportunity until this came around. Yeah, I think I, I think I was in the same boat. I enjoyed scouting a lot when I was a kid, and people that listen to this hear a lot of uh, some personal stories from my own uh, youth, and I really did enjoy it, but I didn't know how to get back and involved. Yeah. So I think that actually a lot of people probably fall into that realm. I think it's once you age out and you hit 18, it, it can sometimes be hard to get back into it because well, unless you've been immersed for yeah, years. So exactly. I, I understand why you may want to even take a break sometimes. Yeah. Like that. Um, this is a definitely a good point to uh, point out to unit, unit leaders, things like that. If you don't know, uh, you can register someone as a unit, unit scout or reserve um, mm-hmm. when they're in college, things like that. If they still want to be involved in the program uh, and act in different roles and capacities, this allows them to still get YPT trained, youth yep. protection trained, things like that, and, and still participate uh, in the unit. I think it's always so vital to have uh, the kids that are really um, are big in scouting, really love their program so much. I mean, especially the people that have moved on into the OA, yeah. different forms of that, um, and that they're active, that they become assistant junior scoutmasters or something, you know, yeah. in that role. I know my troop didn't exercise that as much as probably uh, I know that we they have now. But yeah. yeah. But it, it probably is a good thing. Well, I think is a lot of the time when you're 18 and you age out, you, you don't really – it's it's hard to find a place to fit because you're not really quite an adult yet, but you're also still kind of a youth. But 
not technically because you're 18. So right. you're kind of in this awkward middle ground of, of not really knowing where you fit in. So you don't really know where to go. Well, yeah. And I, and I fully get that. So uh, I told you guys last episode that I was going to bring Gary on and uh, I am very happy to be doing this. We're recording this actually the Friday before it's about to come out. Um, so I do hope that your week's off to a good start. If you listen to this to your, uh, in your car ride in the morning, I'm also hoping that that's going well. Um, Gary, I think we're going to keep you on and we're going to talk a little bit about uh, winter camping. Okay. I talked about when I said that we were going to talk about winter camping. Um, and uh, we're just going to have a conversation about it. I have some tips and tricks that we're going to try to give the audience and, and help them out. We both have gone and done winter camping in the <laughs> past. Um, and so I think that it may be always good. One thing I always tell people, especially when they're at, uh, at round tables, when they hear mm-hmm. things like this, they may have done this a, a ton of times. Oh, and, yeah. and usually they have, um, which is great. The perspective that they bring to the table is always uh, inviting and, and something that a lot of people need. Yeah. So never be discouraged. If you, I mean, I'm, I'm 23. I know plenty of people in this council <laughs> have, have done numerous amounts of things um, for a lot longer than I've been alive. And that's great because that perspective that they bring to the table is just out of this world. It's something yeah. that I look forward to learning from on a daily basis. So I always like to use the example of winter camping um, usually as a, a vacation, right? So winter camping is my favorite. And the reason I use it as a vacation is because of this. So when you go on a summer vacation, mm-hmm. uh, you know what you're going to be doing. Let's say you're going to the beach, right? Okay. You're going to be packing that swimsuit. You got sunscreen ready. You got the beach chair ready. And you're ready to relax. Mm-hmm. But you know kind of what's going to happen. There may yeah. be some unexpected, but you kind of know what's going to happen. When you go on that quick weekend getaway in the middle of you know the fall, and you're just going out for a hike... There's an unexpected amount to it. Yeah. So I like to use that example in the way of winter camping and summer camp. So summer camp, you kind of know what's going to go on. But there sometimes the unexpected. Johnny falls down and hurts his knee and you have yep. a, a bunch of unexpected. But winter camping is where things can happen that just are out of this world, truly. Because I always learned, you know, when, I, when you're growing up, somebody tells you about your their fishing story, right? Yeah. So I caught a fish that was four and a half feet long, and I had to wrestle <laughs> it for the last 30 minutes. And, you know, it's... But I really, truly think that's what winter camping stories are. Yeah. I Actually, I, I, I kind of have to agree with you. So when... Um, when my brother was in Boy Scouts in the last council that I lived in, um, that I actually started Cub Scouts in, um, him and his troop went on a, a, a camping trip and, um, in Indiana, which is where, um, where I started my scouting career, the, the weather there got really cold one year and it was like sub zero. Um, and the boys in his troop had put their, um, their shoes outside their tent, which if, if there's one big piece of advice that I could give anyone doing winter camping, it's put your boots inside your tent. It doesn't matter how muddy they are. Like put them in the, the corner right, right. because you're going to keep them, you know, warm. Well, the boys woke up the next morning and all their shoes were frozen. Mm-hmm. So they're breaking tongues off their shoes. And one boy tried to stick his foot over the fire to warm his boot up and he, his boot caught on fire. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's, yeah, see, that's the beauty. Yeah, it's of, unexpected. You know, I go to summer camp, and and I know that I'm about to have the best time of my life for a week. Yeah. You know, and there could be new things. 
for example, our campus past year, we had a new nature center. So, you know, you're looking forward to new things every year. Uh, and, and I mentioned that because we're going to have Scott Lancey on here in this next week. Uh, well, if you're listening to this Monday, it be the following Wednesday or Thursday. We'll probably have him on and talk a little bit about some uh, different things going on at camp this year. But, you know, I, I kind of know what's going to go on. So when I come back from summer camp, my mom or dad's going to hear and hear the same story from me probably year to year. Yep. I had fun. I did these merit badges. I met these you know new friends. We had these great stories. I lit something on fire or I cut <laughs> a new, uh, you know, design into a piece of wood. Yep. So... It, but it's the for same format winter camping slightly different. is the unexpected. Yeah. And so I, I really believe that. So, and some of you listening to this, I know will remember this. Um, this Klondike, it was in, it was in West Virginia. Um, I remembered it being negative a hundred. Um, truthfully, it was negative like ten. Very very <laughs> cold outside. Um, chicken bones on the ground. They had just fertilized. It was a weird kind of environment. But the memories I have from that event are so vivid compared to a lot of other things. Really? Um, I remember walk, waking up the next morning, throwing a hatchet at this log, doing a little bit of that, and the ground crunching underneath my feet. It was so cold. Wow. Um, so the, I, I remember being so dark that night. There was no light pollution, and so you could just see. There's probably minimal light pollution, but you could see just stars among stars out there in West Virginia. It was beautiful. Yeah. Um, but it's something I'll never forget. So it's those memories. But why was that memory so good to me? This is where they want to get to. And it's because I didn't get hurt. I probably suffered at some point. It was probably cold enough that I was, yeah, I was feeling it at some point. And I have good stories of, you know, oh, I probably, I mean, even Wood Badge this year, it was, you know, I'm getting in my tent the first night. It's a little bit cold. I put on, you know, a pair of shorts. I'm, I'm just getting in the tent and getting nice and cozy in the sleeping bag. Wake up, 2 a.m., I'm freezing cold. And I don't know why. Mm-hmm. And so the next day I get back in the sleeping bag and I think to myself, wait a minute, you need to change your socks. Like you've been yep. walking around all day. Yep. You need to change. Like that would help out your life so much better. So it's things like that that I learned when I was, yeah. you know, 14 and 12 that I don't necessarily remember. Yep. Um, and so, and I remember when I start to go through them, but it's because I was safe during those events um, that that's when I started to do this. So I'm going to move into some of these tips and tricks sure. real quick. Um, just to try to help people out. So the first thing I always say uh, is you need to make sure that if you um, that everyone's able to identify what hypothermia and frostbite looks for. Absolutely. Um, it's not necessarily it, we always have this this um, this battle. With, with adults and, and youth of when is it appropriate for them to step in? When does it yeah. become a learning environment to a unsafe environment for them to step in? And that can sometimes be kind of a, a thin line, especially with, you know, because you want them to learn, but at the same time you want them to be safe while they learn. Correct. So, yeah, it, it's, you know, it can I always, be difficult to I step use, in. I always use the example of, and I've probably used it on here before, of, you know, Mom bought me a brand new canteen, my very first scouting trip um, mm-hmm. with my new troop. And I I went to wash it out. I was so proud of this thing. It was all metal. It was hard to wash. And I get to my first uh, campsite. We start to fill it up, and suds are just coming out of it because there's soap still in the canteen. And the SPL looks at me and says, oh, you'll be fine. You can oh, drink no. it. And he's not thinking anything's going to hurt me. He oh, truly no. he truly was not thinking that. Scoutmaster just says, hey, buddy, let me help you try to clean it out. And I think that that's a moment of he stepped in because it was a safety issue. Yeah. Um, that allowed me to have a good time. And it was a thing that we joked about 
until I got my eagle. Still, it was always a fun thing that kept with me. Um, but the uh, truthfully, if you if you fail to plan, um, you're going to plan to fail. That's something that I've, I used when I was in the scouts. That we, my scoutmaster said that. Oh God, at least when we were getting ready to, to go on our camping trips um, and we were having our shakedowns, uh, which is where you kind of break out your gear and make sure you got the right stuff. I think he would say that at least 10 times in the hour that it would take us to do our shakedowns. Right. So once I hit, you know, star in life, I was like, okay, I, I'm glad I don't have to go to these shakedowns anymore. Cause I'm tired of hearing that. I hear it in my sleep at night and it, you know, yeah. And it, I mean, that, that's also a part that we always remember too. Yeah. Kids. So we, I would, if I'm going to emphasize a couple things in this, one would be if you, if you fail to plan, you're going to plan, plan to fail. fail. Yep. But the other one would be make sure that everyone walks out of there safe. Absolutely. So yeah. if that does not mean that they didn't learn. Learning is a very key point, and this is what we're doing. Yeah. I explained in the last podcast, this is the 110th year of scouting in America, mm-hmm. 110 years of teaching youth how to, uh, through through life skills, usually in the wilderness, on how to become better human beings in society, in their own personal lives, things through learning experiences. So winter camping can be a great time for that unexpected to Absolutely. happen and for them to learn. Um, but when you come back safe and you have those stories to tell, that's when that becomes even better for an yeah. experience. So the first thing, um, when we're going through this, I saw an acronym and I actually really liked it. It's called cold. Um, the acronym, I've heard it before. It's clean, overheat, layers, and dry. Uh, clean meaning that you need to have a couple changes of clothes. I yeah. always, if it's really cold outside, I know it's a Klondike, you know, we're going to go do a race eventually. We're going to get sweaty. Um, I always make sure that I changed right after that event. Yeah. Um, I would just head back and change, you know, sock, socks and underwear just to change out of something and be able to be in fresh clothes just to make sure it's clean. That's where the overheat part comes to. Um, is if you know you're going to get sweaty, if you're going on a hike, if you're going to other things like that, you need to make sure that you are changing clothes or that you have, uh, and this goes on to the next one, the layers part, yep. you make sure that bottom layer is moisture wicking. Yep. Um, something to be able to point more pull moisture off your body. The layer rule always is uh, moisture wicking or something to be able to pull, pull moisture off your body. The next layer is going to be your heat layer, something that's going to be able to insulate you. Yep. And the last one is going to be something that's going to be rain or wind resistant. Yeah. Um, and so that's always a big one. I think the last one here is dry. Um, wet clothes are not fun clothes no. um, in any circumstance usually. Uh, so those are so some really big things. Again, if, if you're going to pull something away from this podcast, make sure that every single person, including adults, don't overlook this. Yeah. Uh, including adults, know the signs of hypothermia and frostbite. I, I kind of left that for a second, but if you know the signs, it's easily preventable. Yeah. The, the, the one thing, if we can step back real yeah, quick to the layers, yeah. is it's not necessarily that you have three or four layers because you can have thinner layers because like if you think about it this think of it like an onion really um you want to be able to peel them back because as you get warmer you want to take off a little bit of the layers you know you want to start taking off that outer shell and um and then as you get colder you know maybe you're sitting stagnant for a little bit you're starting to get cold you want to put on a layer but enough so that you're not sweating while sitting there you're comfortable well and that's that's a really important part um because 
so for example, and this is something I really wanted to talk about in the end of this podcast, was this is the prime time to go camping. Yeah. Um, everyone says, especially with the weather we've had around this area, this it's is great weird. weather. Yeah. Um, you know, this is weird fall weather we're having here yeah, in the winter. No. But winter time is the best time to go camping. And the reason for that is the price of gear. Yes. Um, price of gear are normally on sale right now. I know for a fact I went on Amazon yesterday uh, and looked up some things, and a lot of those things are on sale. Now, winter gear may be a little bit more expensive right yeah. now because we're in season, but camping gear in general is usually down. So if you're looking for yeah. rain gear, you're looking for ca- uh, new tents, um, boots, things like that, those could be on sale right now, especially with uh, department stores trying to alleviate a lot of inventory coming into the new year. Yep. So it's really vital that if you're going to be getting new gear, you kind of do it around this time. And what better way to test it out than in the <laughs> winter? Um, a, another tip and trick would be if mom and dad, um, let's say, I, I, I live through this. Everybody listens to this podcast probably knows this by now. But I live through this where uh, mom and dad never could really afford a ton. And so we had to kind of improvise sometimes. Yeah. So sleeping bags, sometimes they're a little more expensive the colder you get. So yeah. a liner is not as expensive. So I always had a sleeping bag liner inside of my bag. So my bag was rated for like, let's say, 32-ish. Yep. You always get a liner to go inside there. And it's a little bit more you got to carry. But as long as you're not doing a big backpacking trip in the cold Mm -hmm. um you usually just fine and that that layer inside will save you time i um i did a liner for a little while um when i first started scouting and then um everyone in my troop started using the mummy bags correct so i got a mummy bag that was um for from all my cold winter camping and they actually had one for like for summer camping too that was rated right. like it wouldn't keep you warm. It would just you know keep you somewhere. Yeah. You know? And the big thing here also is uh, it's just something to keep an eye out for. I know a couple of scoutmasters listen to this, or even assistant scoutmasters, people that are going on this trip with these kids sometimes. Um, if you're looking for, uh, if you, let's say mom and dad take you to the store the night before you're going camping. Oh lord. They're gonna be looking for the warmest stuff to put you in. Yep. Um, like Gary mentioned, more layers are not always the best. When I mentioned those three layers, as long as it's not brutal temperatures, those three layers should probably keep you warm. Yeah. Um, as long as they're it, as long as they're decent layers. To yeah. be honest. Um, but. And changing clothes also helps a lot. But the big thing here is mom and dad are going to bring you to, let's say, Walmart. What's that? Do you know what I'm thinking about? What's the one thing on an aisle end cap that they're going to buy you immediately to take with you on a cold trip? Gloves. Close. What goes inside the gloves? I'm thinking of a specific Oh, hand warmers. Yes. So hand warmers are a great thing and a bad thing at the same time. They they will pull from your uh, body heat, actually, Mm -hmm. because they're going to be absorbing as much as possible. They, uh, They do have an acting agent in there so please be careful with those the big thing that i'd like to point out is that there are two different types of hand warmers mm-hmm. there's hand warmers and there's one for your feet yep um now the ones for your feet get warmer obviously and usually they have a an, an, an adhesive on the back a sticky piece mm-hmm. um that you can unpeel uh, reason my parents love those things because they get you warm faster. Yep. Um, usually they don't hold as much heat for as long. And the big thing here is to look out for is sticking them on your body. Yep. Um, they're meant to be stuck on like your socks, yep. to be honest. Um, but they're not meant to be stuck directly onto your onto your body. And I know that 
you know, mom goes and buys them for you the night before. I don't tell anyone. I show up the next morning and I'm freezing cold in my sleeping bag in my tent. I'm going to take out anything that's going to get me warm and I'll apply that right to my hand. And I've done it before. Yeah. Um, so just look out for that. Uh, it, you know, these are these are tools and, and helpful things that we've gotten uh, used to. It's oh, just, yeah. you know, they're not bad. No, um, not at all. But I, to be honest, using – if. You should be able to go camping without them. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and you should only look for them to be an additive to that experience. I don't. I don't think when I was in scouts, the last like probably three years that I was a scout, um, they became more popular. Well, yeah, but I didn't use them. Uh, right. You know, I used them when I was first starting out Boy Scouts, but then or Scouts BSA, right? Now what it's called. Um, but you know, the last like three years of my scouting career, almost nobody in our troop used those, right? Um, except for some of the newer scouts that mm-hmm. weren't as experienced. Well, and that's and that's a good way to end this too. Um, winter camping can be really exciting. Yeah, it can be. Uh, for me, it's my favorite time to go camping. Um, you know, the unexpected is fun. The unexpected is what we like to learn from in scouting. It's what we built a program around, and, and got it creates lasting of memories. Too. Oh my gosh, the memories are the best parts. Um, but the the one thing that probably end this with is what kind of Gary was talking about is your older scouts probably know what's going on and they've probably done it for years. Yeah. Um, making sure that they're safe in the environment is number one priority. Absolutely. But making sure they come out with some kind of memories is always also important. If they're not safe, they're not going to come out with those memories. Um, and if they're younger and they need some some additives, you know, you're bringing extra hand warmers just in case you see the kid, you know, yep. getting a little cold at night. You know, you're building that fire a little bit earlier because the kid just <laughs> wants to – fires aren't the great. They aren't really useful for heat at all. Yeah. Um, Cause they they're only all, heat one side of you. <laughs> correct. <laughs> they're more useful for cooking, if anything. Yeah. So it's, you know, little things like that. If you can help out the guy underneath of you, if you can mentor the older scout to be able to help the younger scouts, that's what this program's really built on. Yeah. Um, and that's why I learned a lot of the things I know. And yeah. so uh, – uh, just keep that in mind. Um, we're going to be talking a lot about that this year, this 110, uh, 10th anniversary of scouting in, the, in, in America for the Boy Scouts of America. So I'm very excited about that um, moving forward. Gary, thank you for being on. Oh, thank you. Um, of course, anytime. Uh, we really do appreciate Gary being here and in this role, being uh, back in scouting. <laughs> um, and, you know, the old thing of, you know, I was an Eagle Scout. Nope, you still are an Eagle Scout uh, and you are still in scouting. So we're yep. glad to have you back. Um, we do have an, a new professional here in this office, and we know that uh, he'll be coming on here in the next few weeks. Next week, we will have Scott Lancey uh, talking about camp and some of the improvements and what's going on there. So with that, I want to thank you again for listening to the podcast, and we hope that you enjoyed it as much as we did. Remember to go to Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter to check out how you can send a voice message to us so we can answer some questions. Till next time, don't forget to do your good turn daily. Until we meet again, thank you.